Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining us on this one. Today I have Ken Baldo. He is a seasoned entrepreneur, startup finder, and overall successful uh, entrepreneur. Ken, welcome. Hi, nice to be here, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro and we'll get into it. You did it well. I've uh, Ken Baldo. I live in New Jersey. Uh, been an entrepreneur, a bootstrap entrepreneur uh, since my teenage years, and uh, started several uh, several small businesses, uh, some very successful and some uh, some not. All par for the course, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, Ken, thanks again for being here. Listen, let's get started, uh, but I want to touch on um, how you've been doing the last three or four months since uh, COVID, quarantine, isolation. New York, New Jersey's been hit pretty hard. Uh, how are you? How are you? How's your family? What's going on? You doing okay? Other than being hunkered down, you hanging in there okay? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, I mean overall, it's uh, it's listen, it's been it's been it's been a challenge. I have two 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 kids, fifteen and uh, nine, uh, so they're not in school. You know, they're doing virtual school, which uh, poses its own um, uh, uncertainty and, and discomfort for them, and, and we feel that. And and as parents, uh, the routines have changed. Uh, so I think that, um, you know, change is uh, sometimes uncomfortable and uh, it, it takes time to get used to it. And, and for, for small children, it's, it, I think it takes longer for them to uh, maybe adapt and, uh, and, and not react, right, to the situation. But overall, thankfully, everyone's healthy and, uh, you know, we have, a, you know, we're supportive and, and our, our family's close by and they're supportive as well and vice versa. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, thanks again for being here. So let's get into it then. So the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters. And it's really built on the foundation that uh, everything is earned and it all starts with our mindset and our intention that if we're fired up about something, we'll find a way to create it. And most of us have a meandering path and you certainly fall into that category. And so uh, I'm ready to go. You ready to go here? Let's go. All right. Uh, we're going back in time here. That's what we do on this podcast. We're going back mid 90s, Keene University. Uh, you graduate with uh, a Bachelor of Arts in Management, Finance, Marketing realm. Um, what did you think you'd be doing? What was your vision right, back that, then? That, 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 that degree is like a, a degree in BS, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the degree meant, meant anything. Um, you know, originally my plan was I was always into finance uh, as a young kid. Um, I actually started my first uh, business when I was 14. It was a sports memorabilia business, baseball cards. So I. I I got into sales very early. Um, I didn't think in, in college I was going to go back into sales. I was 18, 19 years old, 20 years old. Um, I actually wanted to be uh, in the finance world. And the, and the, and the plan was to go and, and get my CFA, Chartered Financial uh, Analyst. And uh, I went to King College of Finance and Marketing. And then I actually went to uh, graduate school at Seton Hall for finance. Uh, however, I um, also was working in the uh, in the payment processing industry, uh, making a lot of money. So I um, uh, changed gears towards the, the, the that industry and, and, and the value that it had for me and, and the residual aspect. 
So, you know, that, that kind of is where I started. Okay. And so how, how long did you uh, go down that path? You know, what, once your schooling was all done? Once my schooling was done, I worked for a, uh, a merchant service company in New Jersey uh, for, for a couple of years uh, over the phone, uh, making outbound calls and leveraging the yellow pages and then uh, meeting with uh, merchants face to face. Uh, I was in that industry really on and off, more on up, up until 2016. So for a long time, I started several businesses within that industry. And uh, so I kind of fell, I kind of fell into it. My, my neighbor, my, when I was living at home, my, my family's neighbor, my dad's friend was, had a business in that world. And I needed a job to make money while in college, uh, going at Kane. And uh, he's like, well, you know, you can do this part-time. You can make calls, come into the office when you can, work weekends. And uh, I started doing it. And uh, I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, 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 the chase of getting uh, prospects on the phone and, and communicating to them in a way that hopefully gets me to uh, and them to uh, want to meet in person. That's how we did it. Yeah. So, Ken, I'm curious about your your passion and your interest in in uh, you know being an entrepreneur and starting up companies because most of us in the world we are employees. Most people who work are employees of a company and they do a great job and they you know are, are very valuable. And without employees, companies wouldn't survive and flourish and grow. And but I think most people in the world. Uh, would prefer to have the title of owner on their business card versus VP or manager or account executive or anything. So, but most people don't do it. And so I'd love to love to get your thoughts on what was the driving force behind going down the path of ownership, entrepreneurship, starting up and versus uh, working, because I know you worked at B of A for a while, staying down that path and, and probably doing very well. What, what, was, what was your interest in, in going down the path of entrepreneurship versus employment? I think two things. One is m- most most people go the, the normal path. They get a corporate job, they work for someone, and then 5, 10, 20 years later in their 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s, uh, they want to start their own business. Um, I, I, I had, my role, my life has been the opposite. I, I never really worked for a company up until 2016. So I've been self-employed, running my own businesses, uh, really since I was 14. So my mindset was always, you know, I'm in control of my own destiny. I'm in control of my own uh, money. I'm in control of the choices mm. I make. I don't think I saw any other. I don't want to say option, but I, didn't, I never ever considered working for someone. Um, I work. I did work for one company in my in my early twenties for a short stint um, in sales. Um, it didn't. I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like how they uh, managed. I didn't like how they onboarded and recruited the, the whole process. And this was in the nineties, and uh, it just kind of reinforced me to continue to figure out what business I can do that I can enjoy uh, and, and provide and, and, and make money. And uh, so I never really thought of, you know, I didn't have a resume until, you know, several years ago. <laughs> so, and I'm 47. So I, I never really, uh, it, it wasn't an option. For me. I, I just grew up that way. My, my dad uh, 
did work for a, a company, um, but he was also uh, always figuring out ways to have passive income. So I, there was always a side hustle going around in the household. And um, so I grew up with, you know, that option that you can make money. Um, you know, I, I started my own sports memorabilia business in my, in, when I was 14 up until about 19. I was a power seller on eBay mm. for, for one or two years doing very well. Uh, and I started other businesses that uh, became the merchant service industry. And then I uh, got acquired and worked for a company for two years to help build out their payment processing division. And so, so it really was never just, it was never really, how do I get into running my own business? I was always an owner. Right. So, okay. So let's talk about your, you know, one of the longer uh, company or the, the longer, longer standing companies that you had was uh, International Merchant Solutions. Yeah. So International Merchant Solutions, I, I was brought on, they were, I had my own company in payment processing, uh, doing uh, traditional retail merchants, very, very uh, competitive uh, brick and mortar uh, opportunities, uh, doing very well. I was a small company, several employees, and then I was asked by the same person that I worked for when I was in my early 20s to see about coming on board and restarting a company in the high-risk merchant service industry. And um, that attracted me because I saw that I was becoming more competitive in the, in the traditional merchant services of retail business. And there was definitely a niche to be made in high-risk, hard-to-place accounts. And uh, we started that together and we, we worked together for over 11 years. Yeah, I see that. I mean, almost 12 years, really. Yeah. And so 12 years. And, you know, anybody on the outside might see that and say, oh, 12 years is pretty good and, you know, a successful company. But uh, keep me honest here, ups and downs along the way, you must have seen, it must have had some hard conversations, some, some, some significant growth. Uh, any times in there where you're like, I got to do something different. Like, what was the driving force for you to sustain for that period of time? That's a long period because you went through, you started it just after 9-11, a couple years afterwards. So the, the cloud Correct. was gone a little bit, but it was still lingering. And then you're there in the middle of the the mortgage crisis of 2008, 9, and 7. So talk to me about the run there, because that's, that's impressive to sustain uh, during that period of time. Yeah, so when I came on board, we they, they were still focused on brick and mortar and retail. So we had to really change the uh, our our ideal clients uh, who we're going after. So we had to really start from scratch and rebuild uh, some of the processes out. We we saw the value in being um, working with independent sales reps in the industry. So we uh, brought on someone to recruit independent sales reps. Uh, we went from having uh, about sixty of them to six hundred. Uh, very quickly within wow. the first several years. And we focused on uh, having them sell for us uh, as well as having and building our own uh, inside sales team and field team. The, I, I think some of the, the, the challenges we, we had uh, was with, employ with, with employees. When I, I, I inherited uh, employees there already that were didn't have a very positive mindset. Um, I look at mindset as you say, you know, the, I, I call them being mindful intent, being intentional 
to repeatedly being aware uh, and attentive to what's occurring in the present moment uh, about your thoughts, about your feelings, about the energy with an attitude that's curious, with an attitude that's kind and non-judgmental. We didn't have any of that. We had, I'm losing or I win, you lose type of culture. So that was the biggest challenge is how to, how to kind of, you know, either change that or, or clean house. And uh, it took time. It took several years, actually, to get a, a, a culture in there of, you know, we all win or we don't play. And um, that was a big change for us because then we were able to really take it to the next level and, and build up the, the company to what it was. Um, we ended up with, we ended up having 50 employees, 20 something salespeople, 600 independent agents. We were doing 500,000 a year in revenue um, to 24 million toward the, towards the peak. Um, so one of my, probably my biggest successful business from a revenue standpoint and, and profitability. What was behind the decision in 2014 to move on to your next venture? So we, we focused on high risk and we, it, a lot of companies have the 80, 20 rule, 80% yeah. of revenue comes from 20% of your clients. We had like 95, five, mm. uh, we've we have a lot of large, um, merchant accounts in travel and pharmaceutical and CBD and gaming. And, um, when you lose them, you feel it. Uh, and, and we had trouble making up the losses. So we saw, we started to see a decline. My partner was um, very much my senior. So he was in his retirement phase. And we said, you know, here's an opportunity for us to exit and either, either sell off the residuals, sell the business or keep the residuals. So we did, we did all three. Hmm. We, sold, we sold the business. We sold some of the residuals and we kept uh, a, a little bit on the side for ourselves because they, they and they and they still continue to pay. Me. So it's it's it goes down because we're not we're not actively saving them. We're not retaining the, the merchants, but um, it's been a pretty good uh, income uh, and, and now passive. Got it. And so you're so then you went to B of A merchant services for a bit, did you not? So then I had to recreate myself. And I think that's where yeah. this, where, where we're getting at. I, now you're taking someone that re really didn't ever work for anyone, um, built up small, small companies on his own with, with partners, typically one, one, one or two partners, once or twice by myself. So it took me months, maybe, maybe, let, maybe just under a year to do a resume because my mindset was, um was poor me i'm the i i was a victim you yeah. know and uh and, and and although i i coach uh men and 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 at the time i was coaching on this i too was stuck in it so it took me a, a really long time to you know be okay with you know what it's okay you you can rebuild and and do something else and um and, and then I redid my resume and I was, it was hard. Um, and I know it's hard for others I speak to other, other people that mm -hmm. are in a similar situation that own their own business. And now they have to go back to, now they have to go to corporate America. Um, or they were with the company for 15, 20 years. Absolutely. And, and now they're looking for a new role 
and they they feel stuck. Um, so I, I did do that. Um, keep in mind, I started several of the businesses while at International Merchant Solutions. It gave us, a, um, I built, so my mindset has always been, um, you know, if I can, you know, make people money, I'm going to make money. And can I do it between the hours of 10 and 3? <laughs> I love it. Because I enjoy doing things in the morning. I enjoy my family in the early evening, yeah. late afternoon. I want to be able to uh, to take off and, and, and do things that I enjoy and have not necessarily, I don't believe in work-life balance, but I believe in harmony mm -hmm. and having a harmonious uh, lifestyle. So I was always looking at how do I build businesses that you can make a lot of money, provide for others, and live harmoniously and do it from 10 to 3. Uh, and there's businesses that you can do that. And, and, and there's companies that you can do that. I mean, unfortunately, they, they, they don't, most don't think so, but right. it can be done. Um, so I started several other businesses that uh, one or two were also successful and one wasn't. Um, but anyways, I got into Bank of America. Uh, I was there a year and a half and I knew the industry. It was merchant processing. There were, um, uh, you know, I, I worked with uh, field sales directors and uh, get, just getting back into the game of just merchant services again. Wasn't as exciting anymore because I've done it for so many years. And when you do that industry for yourself and then work for someone else in that industry, um, it, it, can, it can be challenging to, to be fully um, passionate about it. Um, so I did that for a year and a half. You know, that must have been a, 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 a challenging time at the time for you because you come from a space of run and gun, you're building companies, you're at the lead, you, you're, you're creating stuff, and then a decision is made to dissolve, you have to then do something else, you're still young where you still want to work and, you, you know, on some level, so you end up working for B of A, and it's not really what you want, you're a dad you're responsible for two kids and then so talk to me about your decision to to move on from bba was it pretty fast or was it like elongated and did you know what you wanted to do when you decided to move on from them yeah i wanted to get into more startups and do what where where my strengths are and and my profile my my persona profiles you know i'm a thoroughbred i i like to create I'm a creative sales person, sales leader, which is sometimes rare. Uh, when you go work for a, a big corporation like that, there's very little creation. You, you know, the, things are set in stone. These are these are the processes. These are the. This is how we manage. It was, it was a heavily managed culture, not coaching culture. And uh, you know, and I come from coaching. I'm a certified professional coach and. I believe you, 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 you micro coach and you macro manage versus macro coach, right. uh, micro coach. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, micro manage. So that was one of the things I was looking for. So, uh, I was looking for startups, um, you know, anywhere from, you know, under 20 million in revenue, uh, working directly with the CEO. And, um, you know, that's where, um, I ended up finding a role at Integra Life Sciences that wasn't a startup. I mean, they're not a small company mm -hmm. at the time. They were now they're about one billion dollars from revenue, four thousand employees, but they wanted me to start their inside sales position. So it met my criteria in many ways. One is it feels like a startup. 
there is no insights out there. Uh, but I have the benefits and the resources of the, 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 the people resources and the data, which was great. It was like the best of both worlds for me. And, uh, and that I really enjoyed. I was there almost three years, uh, built, built that out uh, from zero revenue to 36 million. Um, so that was another successful, that was my first real, I would call not just successful corporate job, but I was very passionate about it. Did they reach out to you initially? What's that? Did they reach out to you initially? Um, they, I applied. You applied. Um, it, I applied, and it took several months because they, it was a new role, new division. They weren't sure, you know, if you know, it had to get approved. I mean, they they, they were very communicative with me about it, um, but it took it took quite a time to, to come on board, uh, and I think it was just basically the budgeting support. How did you enjoy the application process and the uh, interview process? <laughs> that process actually was very good, unlike what it's like now. Um, this was interviews with um, my hiring manager, who was a senior senior VP of operations, sales and operations, the president of the division, and he met with uh, some colleagues of theirs. But it was very. Um, it was very uh, transparent and collaborative and, and conversational. There were no trick questions. Um, even with HR, uh, it wasn't stoic like it can be mm -hmm. now. Uh, so it was, it was actually a pretty refreshing process. Nice. So, so talk to me about what you're up to now. Here we are, mid, or, or so mid, mid June 2020. Yeah, what are you up to? I, um, and, that, and that's kind of the hero's journey, right? You 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 you, slight, you, you go through a process. You, you take on a mentor, and uh, you go to the call of action, and you go through your journey, and you slay the dragon, and you learn some things from it, and you bring it back to others, and and you repeat and rinse. Uh, that's just that's you know if you read Joseph Campbell's book. Uh, and know about that process. Uh, that's where I'm at. Um, so I'm in the process of building a um, coaching platform uh, for professional men, uh, and uh, it's it's about bulletproofing their mindset so they can bulletproof their results. And it's really about um, selling better, living better, building relationships with your family, uh, coworkers. Um, not through sales skills, not through professional skills. There's tons of that out there, but I think if you you have all the sales skills in the world, if you don't have if you don't exercise the most important muscle, which is your mind, um, it will be fleeting. Mm. It will be catabolic. It won't won't be anabolic and sustainable, um, and it won't be transferable. Um, so I think you know working with uh, men specifically, because that's a, that's a niche for me. Um, I've done it in the past. I've had men's group coaching for professionals. Um, you know, they're looking for ways to improve their, their life and their careers in a holistic way versus just one dimensional. And I hear it all the time. It's not just my job, it's my life. And, and if you ask them what that means, then it's like, you know, I don't want to just learn sales skills. I want to learn skills that help me improve my conversations yeah. with my kids, my wife, my spouse, whoever.
Well, that's a pretty cool uh, initiative. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll dominate at that like you have uh, other ventures in the past. And so, Ken, I always like to ask anybody who's on as we, as we wrap up here, uh, any advice for anybody listening? And it, any advice that maybe has been given to you that's worked and it doesn't have to be sales-specific or business-specific, but just anything in general. If there was one thing with your background, I could probably be do, do a whole podcast on advice. But if there was one thing that, uh, that sticks out, uh, what comes to mind? It took me 33 years to wake up. Uh, I spent 33 years of my life sleepwalking and unaware that there is a better way. Uh, my advice is for, uh, for anyone uh, to, to be able to say that to themselves. And it's not that my way is not working, but, but my way is not the only way. And, you know, get a coach, get a mentor, um, build a support staff around you so you don't have to go at it alone. That, that would be my advice because um, I'm 47 now. So the first 33 years I was sleepwalking, I had an epiphany at 33, and that's when uh, everything uh, improved. Uh, my, 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 my revenue, my relationships, um, you know, my health, uh, everything. Ken, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I've really enjoyed uh, hearing your story. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be here. All right, everybody, let's wrap this one up right now. Remember, uh, your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe.